Hello, everyone. This is Brian Wollers. Today on Try Catch, we are starting off a series about product discovery. In our first episode, we are going to talk with the leader of retail lending solutions, Andrew Kershinsky, a little bit about what he and his team have been doing to learn about product discovery, learn about experimentation, and how we best drive value in the applications and the products that we create. Today, we're talking with Andrew Kersinski. <laughs> Messed it up anyway. A little bit about product management. Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Really appreciate working with us to help share some of this knowledge out with our teammates. That's really what we're about today. So tell me a little bit about why we're heading down the path of product versus project. So if you really think about the difference of product management versus project management, the best way I've tried to describe this is building a house. So if you've ever built a house before, you have the builder and you engage with the builder, you've got the foreman that's there managing the project, and you have you as the customer who's constantly checking in on the project, making sure that your house is done. Typically when the house is done, you've got a year of warranty work, and then the builder moves on to the next house, right? They don't really care what happens to your house afterwards, it's your house now. And they move on to the next project or the next project, and many times they have multiple houses going on at the same time. Where product management comes in is not just building the house, but then maintaining the house. You have landscaping, you've got all of the internal fixtures that you wanna do, making sure that it's staying up to date with all of the uh, different interior design and putting in a new patio maybe uh, next year and making sure your house is maybe getting enhanced as you go through it. So when you think about project versus product, today we do a lot of project and then move on to the next one. A lot of project and then move on to the next one. And this is how do we lump things together to make it a product? So think of like loan origination from application to booking as a product line and think of it as a journey for an account specialist versus agrolytic in a silo, collateral hub in a silo, pinpoint in a silo. And we think of it more as a journey and we stop competing against each other sure. when it comes to prioritization of work. So we're working against each other in that way today or we don't want to do that tomorrow. Sure. So a um, little bit what I'm hearing you say is as we think about that full journey of our user or our customer, in the future we may see projects fall more into that product line. I have this bigger outcome that I want to follow, like building the house, yep. but I know that that's gonna take agrolytic or my plumber, and that's gonna take some changes to collateral hub, and that's mm -hmm. my electrician or whatever to see that full vision through. Yep, and it's really, really going down the path of what is the problem we're trying to solve and not making assumptions that we already know how to solve it. Today, I shouldn't say today, we're getting better today than what we were in the past but we want to run more experiments on what's the best way to solve this problem. There could be three or four different ways to solve it, and we want to find the best way to do it. So when you get full transparency of what each system is trying to do, so Collateral Hub has card X in their backlog that they want to solve for, and Agrolytic has card X sub one, very mm -hmm. similar that they want to solve for. We start turning on the lights and we create transparency to say, How's the best way to solve this? Let's go run some experiments, find out. Let's go talk to users um, is the other really big shift that product management will bring to the organization. So we'll go talk to people. We can talk to teammates. We can talk to customers. 
what's the hardest part of your day? What are some of those great interview questions that UX already has in place today that we can turn around and find real problems to solve for our teammates and make their lives easier versus trying to be Steve Jobs and think of the next best thing. Right. What's the next big solution? Yeah. That Wait, there's one more thing. Right. right? That's not going to happen very often in our company or in the world. He was one of a kind, right? So let's call a spade a spade and say, hey, we suck at trying to figure out what, what we're trying to build. Let's go actually talk to people and figure out what their pain points are and relieve those pain points. Okay. So what do you see as change? Like when you're working with your team and your team frequently are business owners for a lot of these projects and for sure have a closer connection with our users or our customers, mm-hmm. what are the things that they're doing differently to build a scope or build something that's the idea that then a execution team, an app dev team or whatever that may pick up and how are you changing or looking to change the way that that work gets done? Starting incrementally, right? So starting small and working up. The great, I mean, there's a great grand vision at the end that, you know, we no longer have prioritization. We no longer have, we're already getting rid of 70-day planning, right? We're going into continuous planning. So that was a great first step. But in order to do that, it's trusting that those product owners or the product managers already have validated that this is valuable work that will be very beneficial to our users. Trust me, let's go build it, right? Mm-hmm. And they've done all the backend work already. They've looked at the data, they've done interviews, they've done experiments, they've validated this idea that, hey, app dev, this is a great card, let's go build it. And then we tie metrics behind all of it to measure that we were successful. So there's two things that we're doing today. The first is before we launch any kind of project, we want to do more goals and metric setting. So what are the goals that you want? And for, I have a bias opinion because I have all internal systems. So I don't have customer facing systems. So I'll use those as examples. But some of the product institute information that we've using is around heart metrics. And heart metrics is what Google uses to measure items that do not generate a lot of revenue which is our internal systems. We don't generate revenue from them, but there's a lot of other things that you can measure. Happiness, engagement, retention, adoption, task success. So what is the goal? What's a signal of that goal? Mm -hmm. And then what are we actually gonna measure to make sure that goal was successful? So we worked on that with online insurance renewal tool. We looked at a retro of that. We learned a lot of this information after that was launched. What are the heart metrics behind it? We looked at uh, loan monitoring tool that's going to be that's being pushed out uh, through AgriPoint. What are the heart metrics behind it? And trying to build in those measurements so we can actually measure success versus mm, wet finger in the air trying right. to figure it out, right? <laughs> so, so that's a big one. The other one is when we're doing business planning, we're focusing only on what's possible over the first six months, but not putting timestamps on them. So instead of saying, we're going to go build out Agrolytic now, if you're not familiar with that, uh, it was a Stark Tank idea, or not a Stark Tank idea, what was the last the one? The next. Yeah, next. Yeah, right, yeah. the winner of the next thing. So Agrolytic now was one of the top five in, in Next. And instead of saying, we're going to go build out Agrolytic now, we're actually going into it with a problem statement, saying, what is the problem we're trying to solve? and asking those questions, building a hypothesis statement. So we believe that customers do not feel they are kept in the loop. 
To measure this, we will do X over this amount of time, and we are right if, and we have success mm -hmm. measures behind it. So we're just trying to go through, instead of making assumptions and building something, we actually want to validate that this hypothesis is correct before we proceed and go further. Okay. So we're doing that with a lot of the highest priority cards in the systems that we're working on today. So operation scope is already in build mode, but I challenged Brent, the business owner, and say, well, if somebody would pick this up, they would know why are we building this? And that's the problem we're trying to solve. So what is that? What is the measurable outcome that you want? The output is an app, right? Mm -hmm. We have a standalone app. But the outcome is, what is it that we're trying to achieve to relieve that pain point? Right. So getting them to think differently versus feature sets or enhancements, it's what is the problem we're trying to solve? What's the pain that's there? And then what's the outcome that we want to achieve and how do we measure it? Right. And it's been a different mind shift for some of them in the, from in the past where it's like, well, I know best because I've done this in the past, right? I know the system inside and out, and this is the best way to do it. Okay. Have you validated that with the users? Right. Right. Have you talked to your teammates? Have you talked to those in retail? Well, no, I haven't. Okay, let's go talk to sure. them and see if that's the right way to go about it. So I'm hearing, to me, I believe it is a shift that we start to measure or start to at least change the ways that we go from that gut feeling to that, well, I've got the cold hard data that says right. we changed this thing and 20 out of 25 or whatever users like liked it or, or maybe they didn't, right? And it yep. starts to manipulate the way we go about that. So in some of the projects, are we, is that measurement, is that like hardcore measurement inside of the apps before we get there? Like let's say Agrolytic now, or are you doing it mostly through surveys and, and things to understand how we answer that pain point or what possible solutions there might be? There's different ways to measure those goals. Some of them are surveys. Because if you think about happiness, you can build it within the app um, just as you get you know, a pop-up that could come up and a five-star rating, right? Give it one through five stars. That could be a happiness thing. Task success is absolutely built within the app. How mm -hmm. long did it take to go from A to Z? Surveys could be brought out. Uh, retention is another one that you kind of have to build within the app. So um, some of them will have to be built within, and we want to be on the front end of it so it's within the original scope of the MVP to say, these are the things we want to measure, and that way it's within the build. Otherwise, okay. if you come at it on the back end, and we don't know, we threw some Google Analytics in there, which gives us some better insights than we've had in the past. Sure. But we weren't intentional about what are we trying to measure. It'll really give us a lot of good insight. Okay, great. You're challenging the way your team thinks about things. Mm -hmm. what, what are the ways that you would see, um, maybe specifically, so I'll be selfish for a second, what would, what are the ways you would see an app dev team needing to change to adapt to working with this new mindset? It sounds a little bit, I'm scared to say it, business owner versus product owner here in the future, but mm -hmm. what, what, were, what are the things you'd say that we need to do to adapt? I'm not sure if I'm qualified to answer that question, <laughs> okay. to be honest. I only know enough to be dangerous and I don't want to overstep my boundaries. So when I've talked about product management with app dev leaders, at least, and some BAs that have overheard conversations, sure. they're all just like, yes, <laughs> let's do this. Can we start yesterday? Right. And in full transparency, it's there's a lot more conversations that have to happen on a, on a senior leader level, not in the strategic services division, but from the business side. Okay. 
So when I say product management to strategic services, 80 to 90% know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, people right? roughly get it. Right? They roughly get it. Yeah. When you talk to the business side, they think, oh, that's a line of credit. That's a real estate oh, gotcha. loan. That's okay. insurance product. It's something that we have in the market that we make money from and that we mm-hmm. revenue from. And my answer to them is, yes, but it's also all of this. And it is AgriPoint. It's online real estate application. It's loan origination and all the systems within loan origination. Sure. It's all of those different pieces. So it's what myself, Cameron, and Dennis are doing is we're finding a way to elevate this product management idea to those senior leader levels to educate them on what this is, what it means for the organization, and more importantly, what what shifts uh, do we have to make um, in order for it to actually work well. Okay. Because for us to just say, we're going to do product management, it's going to be extremely painful to try to do it that way without having a vision or strategy behind it. So, so we're working that side of the house, if you okay. will, and getting them up to speed on, on what product management is as a discipline and how it can apply to the organization and what benefits we'll reap from it from where we are today and make that crucial pivot from project to product. Right. And I think that's understandable, right? There's some awareness that we have to work through in any change, right? And so mm-hmm. I think about when you say product, very fair. Like I think about, oh, that's a line of credit or that's yep. insurance or whatever. And so yeah, somewhere inside of that, we need to get to the point of, well, yes, that's insurance, but there is a customer journey that go, that our customers go through. And for our product to be sustainable and enjoyable and, and whatever, right? We need to think about it that way uh, other than just its insurance. Yeah. So fair enough. Yep. In our culture in general, we, we talk about, you know, we are innovators and we are adaptable and all that. Experimentation is a new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't fail a lot. Like, and so failure and learning and, I mean, th- those go hand in hand. You know, what would you say to yeah. the group that's the first time out and they go, well, hey, this is our outcome and we're going to go measure this. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, your heart metrics or whatever. And, oh, oops, we just built something wrong. What yeah. would you say to that group? Or <laughs> what, what are you thinking about there? So you really think about it. There's a phrase out there that says fail fast, right? And that's what experimentation allows you to do. When I mention that to some of the folks on my team, they're so competitive. They don't want to fail. Like That feels like I let you down. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And I was listening to a podcast uh, recently, and they said it's okay to fail fast. And if you're uncomfortable with that terminology, say learn fast because you're learning fast. You're learning what to do, what not to do, and those pivot points within that experimentation. The other part that people get scared of is experimentation and hypothesis, and all that sounds very scientific. It's like it's not. It an hypothesis is an assumption, right? I assume yep. this is going to happen. Okay, how do you know? Well, I think we're we're going to try this. Okay. How will you know if you're right? That's all hypothesis is, right? It's just a fancy word for it. Experimentation is can be real cheap and fast, and you don't have to build a lot of things. So for crop insurance, we're experimenting on a sales tool. There's a grand vision to build this amazing application for a holistic sales tool, but nobody knows what needs to be in this tool. So Jill Thompson, the BSM for 
Insurance is working with UX right now and a small group of insurance officers and insurance leaders, and they built out a spreadsheet, a big spreadsheet Mm -hmm. that has all these different pieces in it. And go try it. Get rapid feedback. So they have a feedback loop coming in about every, every week or every other week on here's what I like, here's what I don't like, here's what I need, here's what I don't need, and we're adjusting it. And who knows, maybe we won't even build out an application and we just have this massive spreadsheet that works just perfect for them. Or it validates the idea that now we know exactly what to build. Now we can write the requirements because okay. they're not assumptions anymore. Mm-hmm. We've validated this is everything that insurance officers need to be successful. App dev team and leader, I'll be right by your side as we build this out. So that's what the great part about experimentation is, is it allows you to key in on what we should build, what's nice to have, which would be phase two, version three, version four, and what could be the MVP. Great. Oh, it's exciting to hear that we're doing some of that experimentation. Yeah. Like right now. Right now. And yep. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything perfect, right? And so I don't want it to be perfect out of like, the box. Let's just go yeah. get a gut reaction from somebody and you'll know pretty quickly. Yep. We're trying so many different ways to think, how can we do this manually before we actually hand it over to app dev? Is it information you need? Okay, can we just push you an email or a text at 9, noon, and 3 on the status of your loan? And the information within there, is that the right information? Is it the wrong information? What do you need? Is 9, 3, and noon? What time works best for you? Is it, uh, is it an email? It's just finding real cheap ways to measure success and what should be built before we actually go out and build it. Wow, that's great. So last question, we're getting near time. Thinking back early, you talked about doing a lot of this experimentation early with the BSM, having them like run through experiments. Do you see time where that discovery is still ongoing when a team's working on it? Or is that mostly up front? How do you see that balance being made? A lot of times I'd like to see it done up front alongside with application development. Because if you could have a BA or a developer alongside this experimentation, they have other insights like how this could work once we build the application, right? They also typically have back-end knowledge that could tell us other information that we could put into it. So it could be a lo-fi experiment Mm -hmm. um, versus maybe just a a spreadsheet. It could be a small, a really small, rough build that people can react with uh, and interact with. So the whole idea of experimentation is to do it on the front end, to validate an idea, to pass it off, and then let's keep experimenting on different ways to do it. So... So front end for sure, but keeping development in, involved so nothing's a big surprise and and sometimes it will have to be a lo-fi. Yeah, no, and that's great. I, the last thing we would want to do is have some idea come down and then it'd be like, well, we can't even do that for exactly. you, right? So there's a great yeah. collaboration there. Yeah. Perfect. We're at time. Cool. Andrew, anything else that you'd want to share with the team or anything that like I didn't ask about or that's yeah, all Yeah, one last thing that I'd like to share is a lot of this came up uh, as about middle of 2018. We need to explore product management and we engage with Teresa Torres. So I know some of the teams have mm-hmm. worked with her with product coaching. We also have a small group, a cross-functional group that explored the Product Institute. I'd encourage you to go look at their material. And Melissa Perry is the, the facilitator behind that. And it's all self-learning. It is a bit pricey, but we have a a small cross-functional group 
of business owners, right now strategy innovation, CapEx, and some uh, right now are trying to educate application development leaders and other business owners around that material. It's a 12-week course that I take people through. It's about an hour and a half every week, and we debrief on that week's learning material. And it's a real engaging discussion to where we figured out, gosh, we got to do this, and how do we do it? And now it's Cameron and Dennis and I trying to go down that route. And that next one will probably start up in sometime in the first quarter. So we're continuing this, and it's not just a, a point-in-time piece. So more to come on that, and I encourage you to find product management podcasts that are out there. There's a lot of neat ones out there. Follow some people on Twitter. John Cutler is a great one. Melissa Perry is a great one. Teresa Torres is a great one. And they all have they all link to each other, it seems sure. like. And uh, they share some really neat stuff on Twitter. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for the time. Really appreciate you My pleasure. coming to help share a little bit about what we're doing and uh, where we're going and uh, joining our experiment around podcasting. That's so, great. I you. love it. Love it. Awesome. Thanks for experimenting, thank guys. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> thank you to everyone out there for listening. It's exciting to get some new perspective from Andrew, where we're talking a little bit about how we do products differently how we actually put metrics into the products that we create so we can make sure that the things we're creating are about value. And as Andrew said, the whole goal of this is to learn fast and create those experiments so we can figure out what the next work is that makes sense for the product. In our next episode, we'll be talking with Cameron Ludwig a little bit about capacity and execution and how we might plan things differently around product discovery versus a normal project model like we commonly work in.